Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Welcome to the clubhouse. To the clubhouse. Degenerates. Comma, degenerates. Uh, Armando. Yes, sir. Thank you for agreeing to record a little bit later. Like, usually we recorded between like 1 and 2. It's 6.30 in the p.m. 6.30 in the p.m. Mountain uh, mountain time? Is that what we're... MST, time? yeah. Mountain I always time. forget. I mean, I know we're like two hours ahead usually than Cali, but I always forget what, what it's called. I, I'm so used to like Pacific time, Eastern time, and that's it. Right. Everything in between doesn't exist. There's Central time. Eh. That's, that's the Midwest time. Fuck them. And then... There's mountain time. It's uh-huh. not, it sounds like it's not a real thing. You know how people talk about island time, mm-hmm. where it's like, which meaning, you know, you sort of show up in a general time frame. If you say you're gonna get there at two, it's really more between like two and five o'clock. It's, uh, it's island time. We have Mexican time. Do you have? Is there Mexican time? Just means like if you say something's gonna start at seven, everyone shows up like at seven thirty or eight. Is there something comparable in? Uh, in Whiteland, in Whiteville? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Not really. Like, but I have noticed. I don't think that's even really like a Mexican thing. That seemed more like a West Coast thing in general. I was very surprised how loose uh, it seemed to be because, like, East Coast, like people got shit to do. It's like seven thirty. Okay, you're seven thirty one. You're late. Like, let's fucking go. Let's do. You know. And then I got to California. It was it was a very different pace of things. How, got- do you think it was? Uh, more lax or more more lax for sure than east coast oh hell yeah what do you think what do you think about like uh colorado in relation to like la and east coast like where does that fit yeah colorado is weird because there's so many transplants at this point at first colorado felt a lot more like west coast Mm -hmm. just the vibe it was a little bit of a slower pace people definitely a lot were a lot happier here it was a very like upbeat i think i've told this story before but i remember one of the first times when I was visiting my parents, mm-hmm. walking down the street, and someone from uh, just the, you know, the other side waves at me. And they're like, hey, how are you doing today? And I just got I freaked out. I'm like, what the fuck? Who is this person? Why are you talking to me? What is this? What is, it? is yeah. this a scam? Are they going to ask for money? Like, And then I just realized, oh, no. Like, It was another human being who is enjoying a beautiful, warm, sunny day. They're just being polite. And they just felt like expressing like joy. To someone they were passing, and I could not wrap my head around that. I'm like, no, you don't, <laughs> you don't, let alone, you don't talk to people. I'm like, you don't make eye contact with people on the street. No, that that's for sure. Having born and raised in Southern California, yeah, you you definitely don't talk to strangers. I was listening to a podcast earlier in the week, and they started de- describing like what it's like being an LA person, and like to me. It, it doesn't sound foreign to me, but I can imagine to other people, especially like people from California or Colorado, like the California way of being is like, like what? Really? You guys are that much of assholes? Like, yeah, we well, are. We were. Was it, it's not really, it was like passive aggressive though. Cause there's assholes on the East coast, but it's very an extroverted assholery. Mm-hmm. Uh, example, East coast came out with me like the other week. Uh, there's a, a crosswalk, uh, by a King Supers, where there's a huge sign that says "Yield to Pedestrians," and mm-hmm. I walk to that King Supers all the time, and cars 
will never stop. Like I'll be, I will be sitting there. That was there, here. That was here. Here in Colorado. Really? Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll sit like stand next to the sign, pointing at it. Yield to pedestrians, and they just go flying by. And there's definitely been a few times when it's really cold or really really hot, where I'm just furious at all these cars not stopping. So anyhow, I'm in a car, and I'm I'm approaching that same crosswalk, and I see a pedestrian. So I I stop. And they start cro- uh, crossing, and the car behind me leans on the horn, like, full on, like, and like, go, dickhead. And yeah, you're like, they don't see the pedestrian, or they don't care. And I, I literally, like, full East Coast, rolled down the window, stuck my head out, turned around, and yelled, top of my lungs, there's a pedestrian in the crosswalk, you fucking asshole. Loud as I could. And then, best part, it was like an 80-year-old man behind me. <laughs> He, he like shrank down into his seat, like would not make eye contact. <laughs> yeah. Like... Sometimes I wish that vehicles had like, like those ticker sign things, like in the rear view, mm-hmm. so that you can post a message, so that you know the the driver behind you can like, like exactly what you said, but just type like text it, type it, and then it, it appears like in a moving scroll marquee. And... Oh no, I, I got the message across that I wanted to yeah. send to him. <laughs> message received. Fucking old. <laughs> That guy was a fucking blockhead. Speaking of blockheads. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I give that a 1.5 out of 5. Jesus. <laughs> Florida man, Florida man. Causing mayhem when he can. Driving drunk as a rule. Alligators in his pool of cloud. Here comes the Florida man. Yeah, it was a... Uh... I was trying to sneak, squeeze that one. I was like waiting for a moment for for me to like try to squeeze that in, but it never came. So I just, <laughs> Florida man. This article is actually Aaron described how we came about the article for for our viewers. I was presented okay. by my very own mother with a an old aged newspaper clipping, which which is crazy. This was probably early nineties, which. Doesn't seem like it's that old, but then you think about it, you're like, oh fuck, that was, that was like thirty 20, years, yeah, yeah, thirty years ago, thirty, almost twenty seven, twenty three. If it was, if it was, yeah, if it was like ninety two, ninety three, then yeah, it was thirty years ago. Jesus. So yeah, I, I, I yeah, I felt old too when I realized that. Apparently, this was a very early Florida Man article, and she she had thought it was so funny that she'd saved it, and then. Uh, I, I do not believe my mom is a listener to our podcast, but she has heard from me about our, our Florida Man segment. Mm-hmm. She was going through some old boxes. And she's like, oh, an aged Florida Man article. <laughs> I have to give it to him for the podcast. So it just goes to show that Florida was always fucked up. You know, 30 years ago, it was still fucked up. More, more fucked up now because I don't think there was meth back then. But yeah. you know what? For, this, this was, so this was like the like proto Florida man. So without further ado, Manda, what what was going on in Florida in the early nineties? Human blockhead in in quotations sentenced in killing, Tampa, Florida. A sideshow performer billed as the human blockhead was sentenced to life in prison yesterday for his role in the contract slaying of his stepfather, the claw handed lobster boy. Pause. I read that and laughed. I'm like ah, the contract killing. Of the client at Lobster Boy. And then I sort of realized, like, wait, this motherfucker was in a contract killing. Like, it, it's a light tone, 
But this is also already a little bit fucked up. It, it's circ- I, I, I don't know the, the article. I imagine they're circus performers, just without reading the rest of it. But we'll find out. Let's see. Harry Glenn Newman, 20, whose specialty was hammering nails into his nostrils, oh, Jesus. maintained he joined his mother in the murder plot in order to save her from years of abuse and death threats. It's just that I love the family so much, he told Hillsborough County Circuit Judge Donald C. Evans. I just wish there were other things I could have done now. I know I used to... I used bad judgment. Do you think he, the blinded lobster boy was just pinching his mom? <laughs> she walks by and he goes, <laughs> pinching your nipples, pinching your butt. Uh, Newman received the mandatory sentence of life in prison without possibility of parole for 25 years. Prosecutors had not stopped the death penalty. He was also sentenced to a concurrent 12 year term for conspiracy. Newman, round-faced and pudgy with an IQ of 79, oh, Jesus. <laughs> testified at, at his August trial that his pincer-armed, stub-legged stepfather, Grady Stiles Jr., 55, was a drunken brute who slapped his mother, head-butted her, and threatened to kill the entire family. Newman called it a case of kill or be killed. So they got to be carnies. Because if, da- if your stepdad's got claw, hands and feet, and you drive nails through your nose... Yeah, these people have to be carnies. Do you think his IQ was 79 when he started driving nails through his nose? I don't know, dude. I've, I, the, the, there's a that's a possibility that maybe he hit a couple things. You know, like what? What's that? That's, sh- that's also such a weird detail. Like, did they have him take an IQ test for the court? Fuck that. But also, like, what is the level where you're mentally challenged? I don't know. He knew what he was doing. I mean, he he knew right from wrong. He knew that his father was doing wrong. Obviously. But he he had just like a sense of like justice by doing it. So I guess I mean, IQ aside, you're, you're smart enough to know that what you're doing is not a good thing. I guess. I mean, when you're defending your family, you kind of do whatever you have to do. So, uh, moving on, Newman's mother, Mary Styles, recruited him to pay a neighbor fifteen hundred dollars to kill Styles. He was shot in the head two years ago as he sat in a recliner in the family's trailer home in Gibbs. Gibsonton, Florida. There was a trailer home involved? <laughs> no. In Florida? I, 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 I had pictured them living in a two-wing mansion, but you know what? Trailer home, I, I guess I can see that too. Prosecutors argued neither Newman or his mother was ever in the imminent danger necessary to claim self-defense. Mary Stiles was convicted of the lesser crime of manslaughter. She was sen- sentenced to 12 years in prison. Christopher Wyant, 19, the trigger man, was convicted of murder and is serving a 27-year sentence. Newman is a son of Mary Stiles and a midget billed on the slideshow circuit as the world's smallest man. Oh, my God. Yeah. So they were carnies. I was right. Oh, oh for sure. For sure. Well, as, as soon as we got the claw-handed lobster boy, that was a dead giveaway. So here's the other thing. Mondo, they're all out now. Uh, did you do the math already? Well, it's, remember we just did. We were right. This, this article was 30 years ago. And so even if the guy served his full sentence, the, the trigger man, uh, he was serving a 27-year sentence, so he'd be I, out. I wonder what the trigger man's superpower was. If, if you had the claw man and then you had the blockhead, what was the mom and what was the trigger man? I think I think his superpower is having an IQ over 85. Over 79 or the, whatever. They're that like, is. you're a genius. <laughs> you, 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 you can figure out how to load a gun. Yeah. <laughs> like that was, that was uh, oh, God, I wonder, I wonder if I can look him up. You gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta uh, say thanks to your mama next time you see her. That was a good one. Anyway, moving on to the world of Ask Reddit. Aaron, Reddit mm-hmm. question number one: 
If you could go on a road trip with any celebrity, who would it be and where would you go? Hmm. Any celebrity. That's tough. So the first thing that popped in my head is one of these uh, celebrities that just rolls deep with an entourage. Okay. So like wherever you go, you're just... Part of the entourage? Fi- yeah, staying in the finest hotels. Like they're They're like buying out the club. And then as soon as I thought about that, I was like, no, I hate clubs. Why the fuck would I yeah. like, wouldn't want to do that? You know what? I, I think just, just coming up, I would want to go on a road trip with I'm trying to I'm trying to think who who, who will be in a, in attendance for UFC in Vegas this coming weekend. Maybe DC. Daniel Cormier? M- meet up, meet up with D- D- uh, Daniel Cormier. That's the French pronunciation. Cormier. Cormier. In no, I don't think I was gonna say in, in Louisiana, but I'm like, no, I don't want to be in the car with DC for that long. So just, just you know, in, in California, wherever he is, and then drive out to Vegas, chill with D- DC in like a, a penthouse suite. You get uh, front row UFC tickets. D- DC, DC just seems like a good guy. Yeah, seems like he'd be a laugh on a road trip. He seems but, like the life of the party everywhere he goes. Might have to roll the windows down. I could, I could, if DC was extremely flatulent. I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know why. I just get that vibe from him. He probably eats a lot of chicken. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he wow. likes Popeyes. He did that video with the Popeyes chicken thing. Come on. He likes chicken. He's not, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh-huh. Yeah. It had nothing to do with anything you're insinuating, sir. I'm not, what am I insinuating, Mondo? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I would go on a long road trip. This would require some water. As well, so it wouldn't necessarily be entirely road trip, but I'd like to drive across the state to the east coast from mm-hmm. the west coast, yeah, and then get in a boat with water and then do the boat ride all the way to Spain with a dead celebrity, Anthony Bourdain. Because you know, that dude, you can go, like, I, I feel like, like with his urn, no, 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 like with him alive. Like, oh, you're gonna resurrect him, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that guy you can go any like in any state, any restaurant, and he makes your experience more interesting. Just the way uh-huh. he did, I think the way he viewed the world was was pretty unique. I didn't know he could resurrect people. I wish, yeah, that'd be yeah. So I would do Anthony Bourdain. I've always, I, I when he when he had to show um, no reservations, mm-hmm. I'd always say like I would I would a hundred percent give up. Whatever career I had, just to carry that man's luggage and go everywhere he went, ate whatever he ate, drank whatever he drank, experience everything he's experienced. Um, he just makes everything interesting. It could be like a day on the beach. It could be going to a, like a taco stand. And the guy just – he just has a different point of view on things that just make everything more – How so? Like I, I never watched any of Anthony Bourdain's shows. I really don't know very much about him other than – Took he, his own life, and he was like a culinary person. So, so I read. I read. Uh, it's obviously not until after I knew who the hell he was, but I read that book, Kitchen Confidential, and he he's basically describes the life of of uh, a chef. You know, mm-hmm. um, a chef at a main, like a very prestigious uh, restaurant in the East Coast, and he talks about all the shit we don't know as patrons. And and all the gritty stuff that happens behind the scenes and all the crazy shit, like like he's just a. If there's a way to describe Bourdain, he was a fucking pirate. He was a pirate. Just the way he lived his life, it was like, 
Like fucking Like he was fond of parrots Or what are you talking about Fucking random people Fucking people that you work with Drinking all the goddamn time Eating all Eating like Kind of I wouldn't say gluttonous But eating Eating like With a With a purpose to like Like Yeah I guess kind of gluttonous I don't want to I don't want to put a negative spin By calling it gluttonous But Just like I don't know Just the Indul- way he, Indulgent Yeah sure Indulgent Sure That's another good word for it But I just feel like like he would make he and then the way he treated every like it didn't matter if he was like at some backyard barbecue or if he went to like a five star Michelin fucking restaurant, he was able to like just co- converse with anybody and, and about anything and it didn't he never had his nose up in the air, you know it didn't matter if you were like a sh- like fucking busboy or if you were like I said the head chef at a Michelin thing he was just he got along with everybody that's why I think he would make a interesting uh road trip companion food would probably be pretty good the, too. F- the food yeah he he probably knows a lot of good spots let's see what some of the redditors have had to say to that question user comfortable front 370 writes back in the day i would i would i would have said sting because i considered him to be a fantastic singer songwriter musician and would have had a field day picking picking him brain for some pointers i love the grammar these days it's it's a Side chill artist named Kaminanda. I don't know what the fuck that is. User I Lick Bananas writes, With Guy Fieri, we could just stop at every hole-in-the-wall restaurant along the way. Doesn't matter where the destination is. And with Jay Leno, we'd just be cruising around in one of his classics. Again, anywhere is good. I would mm, take my own life. I was about to make a suicide joke, and then I was like, well, we just talked about Anthony (laughs) Roberdin. Maybe maybe too soon. I would I would bash my own brains in if I had to sit in a car for any extended period of time with Jane Leno or Anthony or uh, Guy Fieri. Yeah, they're just uh, um, loud personalities. I think. Although I will say this, I when I lived in Cleveland, I went to a, a Guy Fieri restaurant, and they had. Speaking of gluttonous and indulgent, they had a chocolate bacon milkshake. Chocolate bacon. So is a chocolate milkshake with bacon in it? Yes. And it mm. sounds like it'd be disgusting and somehow it was good. I've had a chocolate bar with bacon on it and that was interesting. And yeah, that was good. But I don't know about a milkshake. But if you say it was good, I'll take your word for it. I believe you. Last one I'll read for that question. User writes Kevin Hart for obvious reasons. LOL. Just because he's probably a funny companion. But I guess. Yeah, someone to make you laugh. Someone to make you haha. I'm assuming... I'm assuming Kevin Hart can probably dial it down. Like, it, it would be really exhausting <laughs> like, yeah. if, if he was always, like, full Kevin Hart activated mode. But I'm assuming he just brings it out for talk shows and performances and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Reddit question number two. What was your favorite travel experience? My favorite? You go first. Let me think about it. So, uh, I don't remember exactly what age I was. I imagine I was... I was still not in high school. I may have been 10 to 12 years old in that range. I'm guessing. I'm my memory's failing on me. But my my da- my dad wanted us to go to Baja, California, but he wanted to go somewhere more, a little more tropical. So we went to the very southernmost tip of Baja, California, and that city down there is called La Paz. And he he didn't <laughs> This is this is how Mexican of him he was. He didn't make reservations at any hotel. He just figured we would travel down there and we would get there and we would just say, "Hey, here's some money. 
we, we need a room for a family of at that, that, that time there was five of us already my sister was like two or three years old and uh the the, the this lavish resort that we were supposed to go to i still remember the name it was called los conchas booked up couldn't get in there there was some kind of fucking uh off-road dragster event going on and the book the the, the hotel was completely book, booked up so we ended up staying at another little kind of still in la paz the greater la paz area but a little further out and um very quiet you know hotel accommodations nothing fancy about it it was like glorified motel six but it was nice enough for we didn't give a shit it had a pool why that trip was one of my most memorable experiences is because one day my dad gets us all in a taxi cab and he tells the taxi cab driver like hey take us take me and my family somewhere that's family friendly that's not too overly touristy we kind of want a little more quiet peace and quiet but it's got to have a beach area just for the kids so the driver's like perfect you got the spot for you he drove us to this place like half an hour away and the name of the beach was called Pichi Linge. this water was probably shoulder high i mean it was deeper obviously the deeper you get but even at shoulder high you could see the very you could see your toes that's how clean the waters were and you could see Little fish fucking just coming up to us and just, you know, scurrying away as we got too close. Proceeded with a, with a nice lunch. That w- This restaurant was on the sand. Like, it, was, it wasn't it was like like Santa Monica where, you know, 500 feet off the, you know, or, or these other Venice places. This restaurant was on the sand. And um, straw huts and all this shit. It was just like the food was just magical. Like, it was all seafood, you know, nothing fancy, shrimp, fish, all that fucking shit you would imagine but just the the experience of being like your feet in sand you're eating fucking amazing good seafood and then you go for the swim and then there's a beautiful water uh beautiful day out it wasn't too hot wasn't you know whatever it wasn't cloudy all that combined was just it was a great i think that was probably my favorite family We've and we've been to acapulco we've been to a couple other places in mexico but i think that that like did they have sand yeah <laughs> Yeah, Acapulco had sand. Okay. That but, was my takeaway from your story. I was like, what was the main thing? And it was like the sand. No, no, no. It was, it was. So you kept talking about it. It was all that. It was all the, this, the combination of, of uh, the water, the sand, the food. See, see, guys, you the, heard him. You, he goes, the water. And he was trying not to say sand. And he goes, the sand. The, I don't like sand. The fact that it wasn't like overly crowded with other tourists fucking it up and just, you know, it was, it was, it was perfect. It couldn't have been, couldn't have been more memorable for me all right what was your favorite travel experience sir i thought i thought of a couple okay um and they they, they were both like french themed Uh, one was in actually in france and paris and the other was in quebec 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 hey quebec that's that the the quebecois like the people of quebec are fucking weird they're they're even like weird by canadian standards but that's like french canadian I think I think I went to those two only maybe like a year apart or so. We went to Quebec when I was in seventh grade, and I do not know how it, like our long term substitute teacher pulled this off. But our our regular French teacher who I didn't really care for, I, I can't remember if she got sick or something. She had to take like a like an extended leave of absence. So we got a long term sub who's just like hadn't been broken by, by having to teach kids for too long. She just like pumped like loved life like you know I don't I don't know if she she w- was uh, a teacher elsewhere 
So she see, she still hadn't been beaten down by the public education system mm-hmm. and, and had ambitions and hopes and dreams, not like most teachers. And somehow she talked our middle school principal into letting her take like an entire class of seventh grade kids to Quebec, which, you know, it's, I can't remember how, it's a pretty long bus ride. But yeah, we all we all got packed in a in a bus and and you know we stayed in a hotel overnight and it was just just a cool like like kind of a little bit of a culture shock because mm-hmm. um, the things that that really like stood out like I remember one uh, they took us to this like giant like snow park basically so it was it was kind of like ski slopes but it was all designed for like sledding and things like that mm-hmm. so they had like specially curated sled hills and you could you know. Uh, go down on giant inner tubes, like almost like you were tubing in a river. And that was fun as shit with your whole class, like 10 of, 10 of us going down this massive uh, snow hill. Oh, on so inner the tubes. inner tube was big enough for 10 people. So no, no, it, wasn't... No, no, no. it was like 10 different inner tubes. Oh, got it, got it, got it. You, got it. you all had your own, but we just all went down at once with oh, inner, because okay. they, they were big inflatable inner tubes. It was, that was super fun. But the, the thing that still left the most lasting impression on me was we went to a, a, a Quebec middle school, and we had our like our little uh, middle school host like showing us around. <laughs> they, you know, they're they're the same age as we are. You know, they're like twelve or whatever. And there's, there's a break in between classes, and they all, they all just like roll out to the front of the school and start smoking, like in the school. Like, really? Yeah. And and we're just like, what the fuck is going? Wait, what? You can do that? And they're like, yeah, what? It's a cigarette, you know? <laughs> wow, that's a trip. Holy shit. <laughs> You yeah. can do that and go back, and they're like, no, it's a, you smoke cigarettes. What do you? You're, we are twelve. Like, what? Of course. I think it was like maybe a year later. I went to actual uh, Paris, France, my birthplace. You, you know, I was born in France, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Je suis né en Paris. Mm-hmm. I am born in Paris. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you say past tense in French. Um, the passé composé. I forget how you do that. And again, lots of like cool. Just cultural kind of stuff. And it was nice because my, my parents don't like to go and do all sorts of touristy things. Mm-hmm. We didn't even stay in a hotel. They had a friend who had an apartment in Paris and we and she was, you know, out of town for a little while. So we just crashed in her apartment. Nice. And the thing that I still absolutely was my favorite was we went to a French flea market. And you know, if if you've been to to American flea markets where it's like People have all kinds of different shit, things that they've made, like antiques, like odds and ends. It's like that, but it just felt older, right? Like you might go and find some like 200-year-old like vase or something like that. It was just that the antiques in Europe hit different. Yeah. Let me put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and like the, the craftsmen, you know, it's like – it's not like some, you know, cheap uh, – rugs that they found at Walmart. It's like some motherfucker like wove them on a loom and then brought them to this flea market. Yeah. And just this little kid, it was like every stall, I'm like, oh my God, what is this? What is this? And I still remember just getting transfixed. There was this whole uh, display of these super old like pocket watches. Mm-hmm. And something about that, I don't know, it seemed cool to me. I was like, oh, I want a pocket watch. And I didn't know how to speak French very well at that point. So I had to go ask my dad. I'm like, how do you say... Do the watches work? And he was like, "Est-ce que le mantra marche? Do the do the the watches like march? Do they do they go?" Um, and I'm just like repeating that, repeating that. And then I go up and I go, "Est-ce que le mantra marche?" And he's like, "Oui." They're like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you fucking idiot. And I was like, uh, oh, "Okay, uh, uh, combien?" <laughs> That's how much. And then I forget, you know, what he, what he, whatever he said, like, I, it was it was probably more than I, sh- I should have spent. But I I I 
negotiated and bought a pocket watch. In Do you still have it? No, uh. I, I, I like. I, I think I carried it around for like two weeks and then was like. This is really inconvenient. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I've always thought pocket watches are the coolest things. Like, they just look cool. Yeah, they do. And, and I've always wanted one, but I know I would fucking break it. I know I would break it. And and then, I don't know, I, I just... I probably lost it, um, right? Because it's just floating around in your pockets. Let me ask you, because the French are known, like, top-notch cuisines in mm-hmm. France. Like, French cooking is, like, up, up top. Do you recall any of the French food while you were staying there mm-hmm. and Anything oui. that stood out? Yeah, the thing that stood out the most, and, and definitely not the the uh, best food that we ate, but the one where I, every time we passed one of the crepe stands on the street, uh-huh. I was like, this is a shit. Like, I need one of those. And it was nothing fancy. It's just basically like a, a, a crepe's kind of like a pancake, but it's sweet. A it's, very thin pancake. Yeah. Like in Talladega Nights. <laughs> and they just, they just like slap some chocolate on there, Ooh. fold it up. They were so good, though. I mean, it was the tastiest of tasty treats. So every, I think, literally every time we passed the crepe stand, I was like, "I need one." I, need I, a I for sure, for sure, I would, I would run to a French pastry place. Like, I'm not really a big dessert or pastry guy in, like, generally speaking, but I've just, I've, I've heard that like the French pastries are like the fucking really finest, good. richest fucking like croissants are like on another level. Croissant compared to the shit we eat here. You know, and just the water and the ingredients uh, they use are just honestly just food in Europe. Not even, I mean, the, the the cuisine in in France is next level. But honestly, I thought even the food in in Germany, just like the ingredients, tasted better. There's like a tier list of food in Europe, right? Like Italy and and France are like tier one, and then you know there, there's there's uh, ger- German food is near the bottom. Only probably above English food. <laughs> Apparently, the English food is just hot dog shit. That's what I heard. But I, I would still want to try an but, English but with, breakfast. But with less flavor than dog shit. I would, I would want to try an English breakfast. Like the ones that you see in like the Guy Ritchie movies. It's just like all greasy and gross. Like I was like, I still want to try one. Blood sausage. Yeah, that oh, sounds gross. I would love it. Or blood pudding. Mm, um, delicious. But yeah, the the, the food, the, the like the just the ingredients they put in their food is just better. It doesn't the the way they grow their food. I think is probably just a little bit healthier and richer, and yeah, it's just not quite as mass produced as over here. Anyhow, uh, let's see what some of the redders have had to say to that question. User fodder one writes: Taking an economy flight to Florida from California and getting unexpectedly upgraded to first class. Blew my young mind at how much more comfortable air travel could be. Have you ever tried? Have you ever uh, flown first class? Negative. I did one leg of a round trip from SoCal to Seattle. Um, shout out to Christian Bollocker. He had like a shitload of miles, and this was like the first ever beer festival I went to in Washington. He's like, dude, you gotta come. You gotta. And I was like already 50 50. He's like, dude, if you come out, I will fly you out here first class. I was like, done. I just drank a shitload of beer. It's only like a two and a half, maybe three hour flight mm-hmm. from LA to Washington. But I was like, beers, keep them coming. Extra leg space. It was fucking awesome. It was dope. I felt imp- important. Once I sat in the front of a Spirit Airline plane, does that count? <laughs> <laughs> I, was the, I was the first seat. It's almost like first class. I had 10 inches more leg room than a normal seat. And my seat was like four inches wider. Um, these other ones are super duper long. So I'm just going to pick the next shortest one. User creepyleak6414 writes, I went to Mexico in December and had a blast. I met a couple who ended up treating me 
the entire trip. I met a girl from Italy that I basically became like best friends with. Uh, and I was alone, so it was so nice to be somewhere and be so welcomed by others. That's always nice when you go somewhere and you, the foreigners don't make you feel out of place, out of pocket. I, I've thought about doing some solo traveling, but I don't know if I have big balls. Speaking of solo, well, quick tangent. We're starting this podcast late, late but uh, Eric Leiser has been bugging me to do like a Zoom with him because he wants to travel to Europe. I think his plan is he wants to be in Europe for like two or three months or longer or six months. I forget how long he wants. And he wants he wants us to, to come and go at our leisure like as like guests, side road dogs out there. Um, he wanted to do a Zoom call meeting today. And I was like, dude, we got this podcasting. So I, 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 would, I would entertain going to Spain and or Italy. But, but most other parts of Europe, I'm not really... Uh, convinced that I care to, uh, dude. I would. Out. I would love to spend a couple months just touring around Europe. Like, there, there's so many. I mean, I've never seen like the, any of the Scandinavian countries. I mean, I, I would love just to see what their towns and cities are like, the way they're set up. I mean, yeah. just be able to like chill. Yeah. Um. So that was it for Ask Reddit. Uh, we are now going to our last and final episode where we go to binge and purge and we're going to review the most recent episode of last of us um episode six question mark six right six yeah that'd um, be weird if they titled it episode six question mark called kin aaron take it away what do you think of this episode this is i felt like this was the episode where something was about to happen mm-hmm. and then it did it never really did Again, we, you and I both come from the experience of having played through the video game. So there's things that we're like anticipating to happen when they go into the town for the first time. So let's just really quick, let's go back into spoilers and plot. What happens in this episode? Joel and Ellie. Yes, those those are the two main are, characters. Are, like, Very I good. Always, I always forget the girl's name. Joel and Ellie are are trying to go to. Joel's trying to deliver Ellie yeah, to his. I, I got you. Go, okay, go. I go. got you. They're they're, they're trying. They're, they've they've been trying to to find Tommy, Joel's younger brother, who at was a one time member of the Fireflies. Yes. And Joel thinks that if he can find Tommy, Tommy will know where to take Ellie to get her to the the other the like medical Fireflies who can find out how to cure the plague. Maybe question mark. Maybe not. Um, so they they've been traveling west. Uh, trying to find Tommy, they're, they're closing in, and one of one of the main themes that keeps popping up through this whole episode is Joel is old as fuck, and he and he whether whether or not Joel is up to the task of being Ellie's kind of shepherd and guardian, right? Right. So so very early on, one of the first things that that happens is Joel is supposed to be keeping watch at night, and the the scene cuts forward, and he wakes up, and it's morning. And he's fallen asleep, and Ellie's just chilling, standing guard with with the rifle. Yeah, and it's and she, you know, Ellie's like cheeky, like ha, like I did what you taught me, and you're old. And Joel's like, hey, fucking wake me up next time. I'm Joel. I'm grumpy. That's kind of his thing, right? Can can we rewind a little bit just because I don't I don't want to skip over this part. It was a very small series of scenes where where they meet. Would would you call them Eskimos? Yeah, no, I think I think that was after. Wasn't was it, it after? I thought that was before. I thought the se- the episode started with. Well, I could be wrong, but I thought the episode. Either way, th- th- those were like the first two scenes. Yeah, it was 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 the the guard duty, and then and and, and it's related though. It's all it's it's the guard duty scene, and then uh, them 
Ellie and Joel trying to find out from this elderly couple who I, I don't think they're Eskimos, Mondo, because they're not. <laughs> they're not in Alaska. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else to call them. They're, they're natives. They're, nat- they're natives living in the middle of fucking BFE nowhere in the snow. Yeah, that's where natives live, man. Snowland. Well, weren't they in like... Um, they weren't quite in... Um, they, they were in Wyoming They're trying still. to get to Wyoming, yeah. yeah so yeah. that's like just north of where we are. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right? <laughs> they call them Eskimos. They're fucking... Na- they're native to Wyoming. I'm calling yeah. them Eskimos. Yes. Yeah. Big stretches of land in the middle of fuck all nowhere is where our government put the Native Americans. Yeah. And apparently, even in the apocalypse, they're like, well, I guess this is this is where we are. And that and that couple uh, intentionally wanted to be in the middle of nowhere, yes. as, as they told you. And yes, it was a very humorous scene. Fucking funny as fuck. Surprise appearance by a very well-known actor, Graham Greene, who plays the Native, uh, the native male, the older Native male. He's uh for those that Grand Green may or may not he's been in a lot of movies as a Native American and the first time I remember seeing Graham Green was in um uh, Dances with Wolves. He's the guy that uh that befriends what's his fucking name? Yes. In in Dances Kevin with Wolves, Kevin Costner. He's the one, he's the guy that plays like the the whatever the priest or whatever in that native tribe. Okay, let, let's just give a quick a quick filmography okay. of Graham Green. Sure. I didn't know I didn't know that. So he was in Running with Brave. Or Running Brave, sorry, Pow Wow High, Dances with Wolves, Lost in the Barrens, Thunderheart. Let me skip to ones I've actually heard of. Uh, oh, he was in Die Hard with a Vengeance. He's in a lot of Detective good Joe Lambert. Mm-hmm. The Education of Little Tree. Yeah, I'm seeing, I'm definitely seeing a pattern here. Gray Owl. He was in, he was in The Green Mile. Mm-hmm. Arlen Bitterbuck. I, I don't remember that character, but I haven't seen Green Mile in a while. Lost and Delirious. He was in. And probably his crowning achievement, Mondo, of his whole film, uh, film career. He was in Snow Dogs <laughs> with Cuba Gooding Jr. It's I mean, Cuba. It's Cuba. Cuba. Cuba? Cuba? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, really, th- there's a lot more. I mean, that, that was – Snow Dogs was in 2002. But I I, re- I think that was probably the pinnacle of his He's career. He's a great actor. He's yeah. a great actor. Anyway, so, yeah, the, that that scene with, uh, with Graham Greene and his – Oh, shit. He was in Wind River, too. Another his- native – Native yeah. scene. That was a good movie. Hilarious, Anyhow. hilarious scene, uh, intro scene with that's just the back and forth between like a married old couple well, kind of shit, what you can imagine. It's just like a married old couple who just can't be bothered and doesn't really give a shit anymore. Yeah. Where where there's like, did did you did he lie to you? No. Are you lying to me? Are you lying me? to me? <laughs> and then there's like there's, there's like an pause. uncomfortable pause. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was pretty funny. But in in that scene, again, the theme of like, is Joel up to this task pops up because the the native couple tell Joel and Ellie about the river of death. Yeah. Where if you cross it, there's bodies and you're gonna be and, and it, it's it's really clear. It's not it's not a... Uh, the zombies because they they see the bodies of the zombies and people you know travelers alike yeah and so there's this whole river river of death and Ellie's you know being Ellie just just you know big swinging dick for for a little girl where she's like ah whatever you can't scare me and then the old woman's like yeah I scared him though and like Joel just looks like he is crapping bricks yeah um because yeah Joel Joel I, apparently very quickly went from. Uh, no fear, just dispa- dispatching of people in Kansas City to now getting a little scared. Yeah. So, so the, you know, they're they're on their own. They 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 leave uh, the native couple, mm-hmm. and um, 
Ellie and Jolin basically get surrounded and encountered by some uh, some strange people on horseback. And it's probably like a group of like 10, would you say? 10 people on horseback. Yeah, after they cross the River of Death. Uh, carrying rifles and shit. And they're all wearing like masks to hide their face. And they just have nowhere to go. Like they, they, they're they're surrounded quickly. Obviously, Joel and Ellie are on foot. They're 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 in the snow. They're tre- they're trekking through snow and shit. And um, they uh, they want to know if if Joel and Ellie are infected. And there's a no shit moment where Joel's like, because they got this dog. Apparently, they can sn- sniff the fucking vi- the, the 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 mushrooms, the whatever you want to call it. yeah the spores or whatever. And you know the dog smells Joel. Joel's in the clear. And then he's like fucking Joel's shitting bricks because the dog's now going towards Ellie. And you're like, oh, fuck. They're going to get found out and they got no nothing to do. Next thing you know, Ellie's just like totally playing with the dog. Like he's just, she's like fucking having fun with him. So apparently the dog, maybe he smelled it on her. Maybe he didn't, whatever. But uh, anyway, they get taken back to this, this, uh, this town in the middle of fucking nowhere. And um, to Joel's surprise, he bumps into his brother. Tommy, Tony, whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> Tommy? You're the best at recapping. <laughs> Tom, Tommy. Yeah, I said it right the first time. Well, and it's just, the, the other part, though, is this isn't just a, a regular town, right? This is They have figured out how to use hydropower. Mm-hmm. So they've got electricity. They've got this giant, like, old west fort. I mean, like, 20-foot high uh, wall with, with uh, made out of, of like, tree trunks. Like it's it's very protected and fortified, and they've got amenities, right? You know, they, they they come to visit, and you you find out that it is technically as Tommy's. You don't really know who she is to him at that point, but but Tommy's Tommy something something points, <laughs> points out that they're they're actually kind of communist, but she's on like their their like tribunal, like their whatever, their their ruling body, and uh, she she's got some sway in the town, and. That everyone works together, and I, the, when, as she's describing it, I just remember thinking like, "Oh, even even if raiders are infected, don't get these people. This isn't gonna last." <laughs> when I see that town, I think of instantly. I think of like The Walking Dead, and every time there's been like a town that that think they're safe and they're protected, yeah, it's like a matter of something's gonna happen, and it gets goes all the shit. Yeah, except. People in The Walking Dead are like 700% stupider than people in The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah, probably. People in The Walking Dead, it, they do the dumbest shit. That I had to stop watching that show because I'm like, okay, you, you've made the same mistake 27 times and still have not learned from it. Yeah. So so I, I, I agree with you to a point, but I'm like, I don't I don't immediately go off of The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. If, if it had been The Walking Dead, that whole town would have gotten destroyed or overrun or something that very episode. There would have been a governor or some other evil... Tyrant, um, but it turns out no. It's it is just a chill town, man. Yeah. Kids are watching movies and eating popcorn. I was like, fuck, they make and make popcorn in the apocalypse, and I was like, oh yeah, you just need like corn. So so up until this point, right? Again, you and I having played the video game, yeah. I'm thinking again, and then referring to the Walking Dead world and how shit hits the fan when he changes like a protected. I'm thinking in the in the video game that. That place, that that uh, mm-hmm. that uh, safe haven, if you want to call it that, gets overrun and attacked by by like by like get, uh, uh, bandits. Does it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. No, I believe it. I don't it, remember it, that yeah, part. It, it's so been it, a long time since. So in I the played. game, in the game, you know, 
you go and you meet Tommy, you catch up with him. Hey, brother, blah, blah, blah. You, uh, there's awkward, you know, tension sort of kind of thing build up. He gives you a tour of the place. And next thing you know, like, oh, shit, sound the alarm. We're getting fucking attacked by raiders. And so that scene in the video game is you defending that kind of stronghold, safe haven, if you want to call it. So I'm expecting that in the in the show. I'm expecting that to happen. Nope. Uh, nothing happens. Negative. <laughs> Nope, they did something did happen. Like I said, they got to watch movies. Oh yeah, they have a popcorn. theater. Yeah, yeah. And they get a chill house to stay in. They're just like, ah, there's plenty of houses. Here's just that. Here's an entire. They they they've got like next level like Airbnb going. Oh dude, I, I'm not I'm not a female, so I, I don't know. <laughs> but it's still funny, the scene where Ellie goes and takes a shower, gets out, and then she finds that little. <laughs> was it was it a douche? I imagine it was a douche. That the black girl gave her? I, I, there, there was some sort of female hygiene Fem, device. Yeah, feminine hygiene device, I imagine, is part of a douche or something like that. Um, <laughs> that, that was kind of funny. I liked, I do like Ellie's reaction to it because I, I didn't really know what it was. And I, you know what? I was like, I'm not going to think about it too much either. Yeah. It made me uncomfortable. But Ellie just said, she's like, oh, so that's what that is? Oh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it turns out like Tommy's married. To this 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 black gal who happens to be one of the like the council members of the governing body people, and um, you know Joel's like, bro, I need you to do this for. There's definitely tension between Joel and Tommy still, even after whatever twenty plus years of not having seen each other. There's definitely there is love between them, but there's like tension between them, and and Joel's like. Dude, you got to do this for me. You're the only one I could trust to take this girl to the Fireflies. Oh, no, no, no. But it wasn't like that, Mondo. It was like, you got to do this for me. You're the only one I can trust to take her to the Fireflies. I, I can't. I'm too old and I'm too weak. You're exaggerating just I, I a tiny bit. And I get scared and my, my heart and I get dizzy spells and I just I freeze up and, and, and I poop myself. I poop myself, Tommy. That was, that was really, I mean... I think I think this this is the the uh, episode where they're like let let's let's get some of our actors up for Emmys right we need to get, we need to give them some like dramatic performances so so the Joel I'm scared you got to take your Tommy speech was one of them uh, continue so yeah Ellie then eventually finds out that um, Joel what's Joel's trying to do with her is basically unload her onto her brother and Ellie's not having it she's like fuck this no. Everybody that I've seen has either died or left me. Everybody but you. So that's pretty right. Sure. So at that, that point, you know what? That was actually more high pitched than Ellie actually. You know, I don't know. I don't know why I made her that high pitched. And in my in my rendition, Ellie is one of the chipmunks. So there's Alvin, Simon, Theodore, and Ellie. So at that point, it's kind of a conclusion that you know Ellie's being handed off to to um, Tommy. <laughs> I was gonna say Tony. I was so close to saying Tony to Tommy, and, and and just as you think, okay, Joel's done. He's moving on. They go and they find Joel in the stables, like basically prepping a horse it, it, initially for Tommy and for Ellie. And what ends up happening is that well, Joel like kind of leaves it to her. Is like, okay, Ellie, what do you want? You want to come with me, or do you want to go with Joel? And she instantly says. No, I'm coming with you. We're going. If unless I'm recalling incorrectly, in the game, that's not how it plays out. No, no. There is an action sequence. Ellie, Ellie's just like pissed off, impetuous kid, and she just uh, steals a horse, yeah. and pieces out, uh-huh. and then like you have to go chase after her, and 
again, there, she ends up in, in some like cottage or something. There's infected and Joel has to save her. And he, he gets the confidence. He's like, maybe I am old and maybe I poop myself, but I can still protect you. That was like how it played out in the game. I think I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what he says. Right. Well, that minus the pooping himself thing. But yeah, for the most part, no, he's- it, I, I, th- I think very subtly they're telling us that Joel's a little incontinent. What's actually happening is you start you start realizing that Joel is starting to get kind of attached to having Ellie there as much as he fights as much as he fights resist the idea of like having a fucking little girl he's got a babysit he does grow he is he has grown attached to Ellie to the extent where he's like fuck I can't leave this girl alone even though I can I trust my brother and and it, and he's probably at least if not more capable than I Ellie's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm go. I'm staying with you. We're doing this shit. Well, and that was also something. Th- this dynamic where all of a sudden he is sort of opening up emotionally mm-hmm. and becoming both both vulnerable emotionally, but also sort of practically in the world because of it. And because if you remember, that was the the whole dynamic we saw play out with with Bill and Frank, right? Like, you Bill even said that like he was never scared. Before Frank came, yeah, because he really like he didn't feel like he had anything to lose. It's like ah, if I die, I die. Who gives a shit? But once he felt like he had to take care of Frank, yeah, yeah, he he was he was scared of losing Frank, and we definitely see that playing out with Joel and Ellie. So what ends up happening is Joel then says, "Hey man," he goes to his brothers like, "Hey man, can I have this rifle?" You know, Tommy gives it up, gives up the horse. And he's like, where do I go from here? Where are the Fireflies supposed to be hiding? And we need to take this girl to the Fireflies. They, they, they're working on a cure. And they, they uh, Tommy says, hey, they're at some Eastern Colorado University. I don't know if that's a fake university or a real university. But it's like Eastern Colorado University. The directions he gives are kind of accurate. He says take I-25 South, which if you're going from Wyoming to Colorado anywhere you're going to take I-25 South so that part was geographically accurate at least they take the I-25 South on this horse they go to this uh, university that is in, in in shitty shape there's fucking wild monkeys running around the campus and shit the University of Eastern Colorado is fictional okay but there there's a bunch of uh, like division two like Colorado state schools uh-huh. so I, I I think it's it's kind of one of those basically uh, I don't know why they would have monkeys at a D2 state school. No. But, but you know what? It, it, it's just cool. It's, it's kind of like a little nod to, um, oh, what was that Brad Pitt movie? The 12 Monkeys. Remember? Is it? I, that, I, don't, I don't think directly, but that's kind of what it made me think of. Oh. You remember like when he, he he's in the apocalyptic future and there's just the monkeys running around because they got let out of the zoo? Yeah. Same difference. I, I just figured that they were like science monkeys that got let loose no which... that, that 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 is practically like in the, sh- the show the last of us that is exactly what they are okay they're, they're lab animals that got let out but the image of them running around was very evocative of the movie 12 monkeys sure. okay also an apocalyptic movie gotcha so joel and ellie are now on campus and they're trying to find this fucking group of fireflies where are they where are they they're going from fucking and it, it definitely looks old and run down. And I remember thinking, oh, that, that actually, I don't know if they really had to change anything. That's pretty <laughs> much what a Division II state school looks like. Yeah. With or without post-apocalypse shit happening, it just yeah, looks all no, fucked up. Pre-apocalypse, during apocalypse, yeah. post-apocalypse, that's that's just how they roll. So as they're, um, as they're cruising to the campus, they find wherever the medical lab fucking thing was and 
they realize like the fireflies have just fucking booked it. They're not there. Very very unreliable fireflies. Fucking fireflies. You know they 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 weren't at the the Capitol building in Boston. They they aren't at Eastern Colorado University, wherever the fuck it is. You know these fireflies. If they're trying to save the world, they're not doing a great job of it. So um, they basically say fuck this, con- you know, college shit. Let's 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 go somewhere else. And, and and again, see, this was where I was like, oh, okay, I see what's happening, right? Because again, in the game, huge action action sequence. Mm-hmm. You gotta you get beset upon by raiders, and you gotta kill like seven thousand people. Yeah. And I was like, I get it. We've saved our whole stunt, but you know, budget for this sequence. We're we're gonna have some shootouts, and it's gonna get nuts. Does did that happen? No. But as they are leaving. They find their ho- they 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 hear noise. They're like fuck. There's people coming. They actually see a group of like thug raider motherfuckers like running towards the building that it's they're like, in. It's like a, a, a by group. It was like three or four of them. Yeah, I think yeah, three or four, maybe uh, whatever, three or four, uh, less than ten. <clears throat> but nonetheless, they're like fuck. We got to get out of here. They go out the back way. They find their horse, and just as they're getting on their horse, Joel gets himself in a tussle with one of these raider dudes, mm-hmm. and in the process of dispatching this baddie gets fucking... Choking him to death very quickly. Yeah. Which also, I want to point out, Mondo. Okay. It's extremely hard to just snap a human's neck. Mm -hmm. And he definitely didn't choke him long enough to get... Like, I was looking at the hole. I'm like, he he was not (laughs) cutting off the carotid artery. He was around the neck. I mean, you can go a long time without air. So I I, I struggle to to believe that Joel would have actually killed him with that hold. I, you know, I I wanted a mixed martial arts consultant to get in on that. So, so Joel snaps this dude's neck, but in the process of doing this, this tussle, he gets stabbed in the. He got, got shivved. He got shivved in the in the gut in the belly somewhere with like it looks like the end of a baseball bat or something like that had been sharpened with an edge. I, I could be wrong. Joel's like, oh fuck, I'm bleeding, and um, right, now I really put myself. And that, and that's uh, yeah, and that's kind of how we we you know they manage to get on the horse and they're they ride off. In a certain direction, I don't know how far they get, but they get they get quite a ways away to the point where they feel like kind of safe. And Joel just slumps off the horse, falls on the ground, and we're left with Ellie going like, "No, Joel, don't leave me! I can't survive on my own." And that's end of episode. Yeah, very 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 quick sequence. This this was a more of like a transition episode, right? Um, because they're already setting up like the the whole Joel's old. Ellie has started whether he wants to. To or not, you know she she's taking guard duty. We're seeing a transition come about. Let's save nitpicks for for the end. Okay. Um. First, f- like, what was your favorite scene? What, what were the best scenes? <clears throat> I, I nominate. You know what? There's really only one that I can think of. Okay. I, I my my only nomination that I can think of is the cabin with the native couple. That was a good scene. That was humor. And again, shout out to a, a ph- phenomenal actor, uh, Graham Greene. Um, if I had to choose, I guess a scene that I enjoyed, and maybe because it it, it it hits pretty close to home, is the scene with Tommy and Joel in the bar, and they're they're sharing a drink. They're you know, again, there's there's uh, there's resentment. There's like there's there's definitely friction between the two, but they're still brothers. They still care about each other. Tommy's trying to explain his side of things and why he can't take Ellie. He's like, dude, I'm married. I'm about to have a kid. Like I don't want to abandon my wife and my kid, 
and and Joel's like, I've never asked you of anything, and like blah 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 blah. You need to do this for Ellie, and that she was the savior of humanity, possibly. Well, well so so that that was also. I felt like there were two like oh we're trying to get an Emmy scenes. Yeah, it was it was the Joel and Tommy Bar scene and the the Ellie. Everyone has left me. I'd only be more scared scene. So so you for you for you it was the bar scene was the best. It stands out mo- probably more 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 powerful in 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 the entire episode. Fair enough. I I think certainly on a dramatic level that was that was probably the, the best one. If you if you had to give the Emmy to only one person f- from. Uh, this entire this entire show does it a go to Joel for the Joel and Tommy bar scene, b to Ellie I'd only be more scared c to get Graham Green are you lying to me woman <laughs> no I or d the monkey on Eastern Colorado campuses he's really believable Joel I would say I'd give it to Joel to Joel Joel I, I, uh, Pascal is uh, f- fantastic guy and by the way Bella Ramsey uh, still climbing that like. The, from the first episode to now, like she's for sure grown. Like my respect, my before I was kind of hesitant, skeptic mm-hmm. about her as an Ellie character, and she's just every every chance she gets to uh, show off her acting chops, fucking fantastic. Good job, Bella Ramsey. You're fucking you. You hold it up, dude. What about you? Any scenes? Anything that stands out? Any? Well, I, I already I already sort of mentioned them. I I think I think the last thing is just. A couple, couple nitpicks if you have any. I, I mean, I, I've, I've peppered in some of mine here or there. I, I just think, I think they need to do a little bit more with this episode. Something, whether it was action or something, because I, I understand they needed to have a transition to what, what's going to be one of the more dramatic parts of the story coming up. I think that thus far, I feel like this is probably the worst episode of the whole, the whole show. There, there, there was the there was the first episode in the Kansas City arc where I'm like, yeah, it's not the not the best, but every every episode there's something where I'm like, oh fuck, oh holy shit, oh that was you know, and this one was like, eh. I, I feel like when you're comparing the video game and the way the the plot moved and that, I feel like with this episode they they squoze in a lot of shit that happens in the video game into yeah. just one episode, and they could have they should have gone the other way around where they stretched out. What happens here, and, and and you're right. There was a lot more to be said and done in this. In this uh... well, I, like I said, I think I think this the, the way they're looking at it. This is really like a character development episode. Sure. But I don't know. Sometimes you just feel the way you feel, and at the end of that episode, I was like, eh, wow, that. And and it, you know what? It was only an hour. It felt really long to me. It it, I, it felt like it to, to me. Yeah, it felt like it dragged a little bit. So. Uh. Uh, Minor, minor, minor nitpick. And if if this was a a sh- a show that I was able to binge, I don't think I would even thought about it at all because the the next episode, some shit's gonna go down. Anything else you want to say about anything before we wrap this episode up? Yeah, but we're short on time, so I will I will pass. Uh, real quickly, I've been watching uh, season three of the Wu Tang American Saga show. It's it's on the season third season right now. They've only released uh, first three or four episodes, and this last episode I watched was was all old dirty bastard. Fucking shout out to the actor that plays ODB. He's he just does that fucking stand out like ODB. He did does a fucking fantastic job. He's by far my favorite character. The actor who plays him, fucking good job, dude. You phenomenal. Uh, I don't have anything else to add to this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. Sorry we're out late. 
Um, but next week, I think we're back on normal schedule. So we'll see you in a week. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you. 